we have two churches. And if you, uh, if you go to the first service, and if you're not in my Sunday school class, and if you're not an old folk, and if you don't sing in the choir, I probably don't know you. <laughs> and, and so that's, uh, that's what we're... Uh, so that's that's where we are, and uh, so at lunch today, if you uh, if you see somebody that's strange, go sit with them, and uh, we'll try to make their acquaintance. Because um, the truth is that there are a lot of people that we don't know. Any, anything else? Okay. Well, we'll go to the Lord, and then we'll go to Philippians chapter four. We'll be there for a few minutes. And then we'll go to this sheet that I passed out, and uh, we'll 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 see Tim. Pray for me, brother. Thank you for this day. Thank you for each and every one here today, Father. Bless them, be with them this week, Father. Lord, use each and every one of us to just glorify Your name, Father. Lord, I pray for the sick, the ones that's in the hospital, the ones that just can't get out, Father. I pray that You just help them and mend them, Father God. Help. Help us to reach them, Father. Go to them and talk to them and just spend some time with them, Lord. Lord, I pray for the preacher today. I pray that you just give them the message today. And thank you so much for all you do in our life. We will not, Lord, say, the Colossians next few months, Lord. Thank you for all you do. Trust me. Amen. I didn't mention it, but uh, we don't ask for unspoken requests, but that's, we probably should. Because as we've said before, there's so many, so many people who uh, who have heart cries and who have needs, and we uh, we ask we ask uh, we need to ask God's blessings on those. Okay, Philippians chapter four. Philippians has been a rich chapter four has been rich. Um, verse six, uh, we have camped there a little bit. Worry about nothing. Pray about anything. Thank God for everything. And then last week we looked at verse 13, which is a, a life verse for a lot of people. I can do all things through Him who strengthen, strengthens me. And uh, we know that's true. We'll pick up on verse 15 and we'll read to the end of the chapter and then we'll come back and talk about that Colossians 4, verse 15. Philippians. You? Pardon? Philippians. Philippians. My brain back there keeps me in line. Okay. <laughs> Philippians. Okay. Verse 15. You yourselves know, Philippians that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. For even in Thessalonica you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have of an abundance. I'm amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, 
an acceptable sacrifice well pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and the Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. <clears throat> I want to look today mainly the latter part of verse 15 and verse 17. No church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift except itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. Giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Well, <clears throat> we're going to spend a lot of time with this. Uh, <clears throat> this is a collection of scriptures that I have put together. It doesn't really matter what I say. It matters a lot what the Lord says in, in, in Scripture. And we're going to start off with the book of Proverbs here. And as we've said many times before, the Lord simply wants us to obey. We've, we've seen it time and time and time again. He comes back and he says, if you'll obey me and keep my commandments, I'll be a real, perfect, unique God to you. If you'll obey me, you know, through uh, <clears throat> the wars that we had, the holy wars, the kings who obeyed the Lord were blessed. Those who didn't suffered the consequences. So there's a cause and effect, so to speak, and an obey keeps coming through the whole thing. This for a lot of you is a very favorite scripture. It is to me, Proverbs 3, the first one we have there. Uh, I'm going to pick on some of y'all, so just, just to get ready. Bud, read that first one for me. Proverbs 3, 1 through 12 there. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Okay. So we have, a, we have an admonishment here. He says, uh, honor the Lord with your wealth and from the first of your produce. So your barns may be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. It's a promise. We'll see this theme as we walk through there. 
to think. Now, what did Jesus say about this matter of giving? Let's look at Mark 12, uh, 14 through 44. Jane, read that for me. And he sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury, and many rich people were putting in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury, for they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. It's not the amount you give. It's how you give. The people at Philippi saw a need in Paul. He had, he had birthed them into faith. He had come and visited with them. And they said, we need to take care of this man. And they sent money to him to help take care of him. There are those in this class that are very faithful to see a need in me. I'm grateful for that. We send a basket around every Sunday. And we get a dollar or two. And that's all we want. Whatever you can do. If you can't do anything, don't do anything. It's just that. Out of that, we give every month $125. We give $25 to... Leanne and Hank Ken, we give $25 to, to uh, Jeff and Holly, and we give $75 to our children's ministry. And we're going to do that through the end of the year, and then we'll reevaluate what we do next year. <clears throat> Mike tells us this morning, we got after he pays the bills this week, for September we'll have a little over $100 plus what we have here. He always meets our need. This this summer we've 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 come back and we 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 did the gift at the, at the vacation Bible school and fed a meal there and we had enough money to do it and God bless. For over two years you took a meal to Carol and Jane Bailey. You've taken meals to Roxanne. You see a need and we need. God will bless you for that. And it's not the amount, as Jesus said, as he was observing who put in the treasure. This dear lady put in all she had. I'm going to say more about that in a little bit. But she put in all she had. So it's not the amount. It's not the amount. But stewardship is a, is a basic tenet <coughs> of the Christian faith. We've got a long thing here to read in, in Luke. Can you read that for me? <clears throat> While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem. And they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he said, A nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then return. And he called ten of his slaves and gave them ten minas 
A mina is about 100 days wages. So this was about almost three years wages. And he said to them, do business with this until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him so they did not know what business they had done. The first appeared saying, Master, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good slave, because you have been faithful in a very little thing, you are to be in authority over ten cities. The second came saying, Your mina, master, has made five minas. He said to him also, and you are to be over five cities. Another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I kept put away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you, because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down, and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, By your own words I will judge you, you worthless slave. Did you know that I am an exacting man, taking up what I did not lay down and reaping what I did not sow? Then why did you not put my money in the bank? And having come, I would have collected it with interest. Then he said to the bystanders, take the mina away from him and give it to the one who has the ten minas. And they said to him, Master, he has ten minas already. I tell you that to everyone who has, more shall be given, but from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. But these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. Jesus has a double meaning here. Stewardship is one, and he's also talking about the coming of, of, of his self, because he was talking about going to the cross at this time. And this, this, this nobleman was going to a far country, and that was Jesus, and he was going to leave in charge some people. I tell you, everyone who has shall be given. But from the ones who does not have, even what, he's done, what he does have shall be taken away. When I communicate with my grandchildren, and they're in college. <clears throat> I, I tell them, and I try to encourage them, you've got a test coming, <coughs> be prepared. And then pray. You can't walk in a test and just pray <laughs> and expect the outcome to be good. But you can prepare for the test. And the same thing is true for us. We've got to do what we can do. We need to work. We need to get a job. We need to do what we can do. And then ask God to bless it. And he will. He will. There's a lot to be said about being lazy. We don't want to go there. There's, there's, if you look at the political landscape today, that kind of says something about there. Well, he has, he has ten already. <coughs> It's not the fact that he has ten, it's the fact that he's been faithful. He's been faithful. The Philippians were faithful to give to Paul. And in verse 17, we, we, we read there, <clears throat> he says, Not that I seek the gift itself, 
But I seek for the profit which increases to your account. You have enough faith to give me a gift. The Lord's going to see that it's going to be taken care of. We can't outgive God. We just simply cannot do it. He's keeping the books. He's keeping the books. Our political landscape today, they've been talking a lot about redoing the tax code and structure. And I'm sure that needs to happen. Some of it says, well, we'll just eliminate the deductions. Some people say, oh, that's going to hurt the church. If you're giving to the church for a tax deduction, shame on you. I can't be any funner than that. Give because you want to give. Give because God's blessed you. Not because the government says, I'm going to give you a tax You've got to be faithful to what God gives you. And Jesus himself said here, I tell you, everyone who has, more shall be given if you're faithful. If you're faithful. Let's read the next one there, Matthew 10. Anybody read it? As you go <coughs> preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, leapers, whatever, cast out demons, <laughs> freely received, freely give. It's kind of like, it's kind of like forgiveness. <coughs> the Lord forgave me of an awful, awful lot. Why can't I forgive Somebody who said a little bit against me. He's given me an awful lot. He's allowed me to have an awful lot. He expects me to give. Freely you have received. Freely give. Freely give. Luke 16. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who can trust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. Everything you read there, except on this page, except for the proper scripture, is spoken by Jesus. Spoken by Jesus. He said a lot about money. But he says, I've given it to you. You be faithful with what you do. It's kind of it's kind of like us. We put money in a savings account to withdraw at a day that we need. When you give. You're, it's accredited to your account. 
The Lord says, I see that. I see that. And He is the one that's keeping the books. He's the one that's keeping the books. And that's the only books that keep the matter. Alright, what does the New Testament say about giving? Acts. <coughs> C.W. read that first one. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property of them. And with great power the apostle were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And abundant grace was upon them all, for there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales uh, and lay them at the feet, and they would be distributed by each and every, uh, by to each and every, uh, and any at need. Now Joseph, a Levite of uh, Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the feet, at the apostles' feet. Okay. Verse 34. There was not a needy person among them, for, there, for all who were owners of land and houses would sell them and bring the process, proceeds of the sale. Do we do that? Do we do that? Why don't we do it? It didn't work. It didn't work. They sold their seed. There was nothing else. Once they sold the land, that was it. It didn't work. So the early church changed. They changed. At that particular time, it was a good thing because they, the, the Christians were being persecuted and everything and they were had problems and and these people who had land they sold it and they they took care of their own. But over the long haul you, you run out of land to sell. You you run you run out of your seed. So what did Paul tell them to do? Look at the next one. Fred read that first page. Now concerning the collections of the saints, <coughs> directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also, on the first day of each week, and each of you is put aside and saved, as he may prosper, so no collections he made when I come, be made when I come. The first day of the week. This is the first day of the week. We celebrate it because of the resurrection. We celebrate it because of the resurrection. The thing that separates Christianity from every other religion of the world is the risen Savior. On the first day of the week, they came together. Paul said, on the first day of the week, as God has blessed you, you bring it. That's why we do it. It takes money to, to do anything. Anything. It takes money. 
It takes money to run these facilities. It takes money to our staff. It takes money to do the things that we do. We need to be faithful to Him as God has blessed us. As God has blessed us. So, He says here on the first day of the come. On the first day of the come. 2 Corinthians 9. Harry, uh, would you read that for me? He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must do as he is purposed in his heart, not grudgingly, nor under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful man. In everything, for all liberality, Fully supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing with thanksgiving. The confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution. <clears throat> Last fall, we found ourselves in the church in a kind of a <coughs> money crunch. Uh, things weren't, weren't happening. Uh, for a variety of reasons. A variety of reasons. And one of the things was that <clears throat> that we some of us said, well the church didn't know what, what our <laughs> what our situation was. So we encouraged, <coughs> encouraged the steering committee, um, the stewardship committee at the time, to give more reports to the church give more reports to the church. And they came fairly rapidly daily. And came back to me that one sweet, precious lady in the church <coughs> says, I'm doing all I can do. Why are you still beating up on us? <laughs> well, we slacked off a little bit on that. 
It's a matter of information, what we were trying to do. It wasn't browbeating. We didn't, we didn't think it was, but evidently it might have been. But <clears throat> do what you can do. You know what your budget is. You know what's, what you have to do. And, and do what you can do. That's all. That's all that, that, that we want. That's all that anybody wants. That's all the Lord wants. Just do what you can do. But do it joyfully. Don't do it, well, God does give something to the church. If that's the case, keep it in your pocket. <laughs> Putting in your account, as Paul says, your faith that God's going to take care of you, you put it in the account. And God's going to bless you. And you cannot outgive God. As the psalm says, he owns the cattle on the thousand hills and the wealth and every mine, and he doesn't need your money. But you need to be faithful to give because of the blessings that you can receive. That you can receive. Philippians saw a need. They said, Paul, we're going to give you some money. And they did it on several occasions. It says, it's to your account. I don't necessarily need the money. I thank you. Okay. First Timothy. An overseer then must be above reproach, husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, but gentle, peaceably, free from the love of money. He must be the one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. The pastor needs to be free to do his job. And he doesn't need to be a lover of money. There's another side of that point. He needs to manage his own household. He doesn't need to be, have a stigma in the community by not paying his bills. There was a time we tried to keep pastors poor. I think we've gone beyond that now. And we give them a, a living wage. But it not should be a lot of money. And if you watch TV very much, you'll see a lot of people asking you for a lot of money. And if you follow their lifestyle, they have an abundant lifestyle. So you need to uh, need to understand uh, that free from the love is a money. Okay, uh, 1 Timothy 6. All right, read that for me. What verse? 6, 6 through 10. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we can take nothing out of it either. We have food and covering with these, we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some, 
by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. We've come a long way from wanting a covering over our head and food on our table and clothes on our backs. We've come a long way from that. Needs. We're headed in the most goes on to say, the rich fall into temptation and snare of many foolish and harmful desires and plunge men into ruin and destruction. You've read many articles uh, about these people who have hit the lottery <clears throat> and uh, how that within a few years they're worse off than they were before. They have squandered the millions or thousands and they don't have anything. Their harmful desires plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Not money, but the love of money. I'm grateful God has allowed some people to be very profitable in their giving or very profitable in their income and therefore they're very generous in their giving. Very generous in their giving. The Greens who own Hobby Lobby, they close on Sunday like another company we know. They are building in Washington, D.C. at no cost to anyone a museum of the Bible. It should be over the next year. Because of their love for Scripture, they're using their money for the Lord. Hebrews 13. This is the crux of the whole thing. Make sure your character is free. Testament says about this. Now, where did this pent business come from? Where did the tithe come from? You know, we haven't talked about just give as you'll be blessed. Yeah. Where did the tithe come from? In Genesis 14, <clears throat> the first time the tenth is mentioned in Scripture, it was, it was uh, Abraham. And Abraham's nephew, Lot, who had moved to Sodom, got in a bunch of trouble. And he got in some more later. But anyway, <clears throat> some people came in there and they captured Sodom and they took Lot, Abraham's nephew, and all his possessions and, part, and departed. They left. So he got his men and he overcame them 
and he got Lot back, and he got all that Lot owed back. And on the way back to where he was going, he met a man that we hear very little about, Melchizedek. He was the king of Salem, and he was the priest of God most high. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave them a tenth of all. That's the first time in Scripture that a tenth was mentioned. Abraham gave to Melchizedek a tenth of what he had. The next time it was, was in Genesis 28. And this is the time when Jacob wrestled with the Lord and he saw the ladder going up into heaven. And uh, verse 16, And Jacob awoke, awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. I did not know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone which he had under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on its top. And he called the place Bethel. However, the name of the city had been Luz. When Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and take me on this journey and take <clears throat> and take and give me food to eat and garments to wear, I will return to my father's house in safety. Then the Lord will be my God. This stone which I have set up a pillar shall be God's house. And of all of you that give me, of all that you give me, I will surely give you a tent. I will surely give you a tent. That's the second time in this Now, we're going to skip some stuff and go to Leviticus. Because Leviticus is that book that nobody, nobody likes to read because it's... Um, Sometimes you can't make sense of it, but a lot of it makes very perfect sense. In chapter 27 of, of Leviticus, uh, the Lord is, um, is talking to him or, or telling them about what they're going to do when they get into the land of Canaan. Verse 30. Thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, are the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. If therefore a man wishes to redeem part of his time, he shall add to it one-fifth of it. For every tenth part of the herd or flock, whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be the Lord holy to the Lord. He is not to be considered whether it is good or bad, nor exchange it. If he does exchange it, then both it and the substitute shall become holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the sons of Israel at Mount Sinai. A tithe is holy to the Lord. 
the Old Testament the tithe was holy to the Lord. Probably the most preached on when our preachers preach on money, they go to the Malachi scripture, which is the last one I'm going to point. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. You say, how do we rob you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse that you are robbing me. The whole nation of you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, saying the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. The storehouse. The storehouse. There's been some debate on where the storehouse was. This is still in Jewish times. The storehouse was at the temple. And we'll see that as we get into Isaiah and study some of that. They made provision to have the storehouse there. Because they took care of the Levites. They took care of the priests. They took care of the time. The New Testament part that we know in there, as God has promised, has prospered you, it may well be more than that. That you need to be. This is kind of the rules. <laughs> no, it's not rules. <clears throat> As God has blessed you, you give. And it's going to be credited in your account. By faith, you give. And God said, He told, he told the Philippian church there. In, in the, the scripture there, he said, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That scripture's been taken out of context a lot. What it means here is, you gave and you deposited it in your account. And because of that, God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of it might not be some of the wishes we want. It might not be some of the needs we want. But God is going to take care of His people. Because you're faithful. So, as God's blessed you, you bring to the storehouse, which is the church. And you give it not grudgingly, but happy. I'm glad I can do it. And it's credited to your account. It's credited to your account. Belt and I, <clears throat> the church is our primary giving. We give to two other, basically, groups, parachurch groups. We give to the Gideons. We do most of our memorials to the Gideons. And we give to Samaritan's first. 
I wish I was a rich man that I could do a whole lot more than I can. But God hadn't asked me to do that. He asked me to be faithful in what we give. Just be faithful in what we give. God's been faithful to me. Some of you know my story. 25 years ago, well, it was actually almost 30 years ago, I left Louisiana with a personal and business debt of $350,000. I knelt by my bed, Belka was gone, I knelt by my bed, I said, Lord, you didn't get me in this mess, but if, you, if I ever hope to get out, you're going to have to get me out. And when I prayed that prayer, things started happening. I had sent resumes out for jobs. I was self-employed. I had sent things out for jobs. Nothing was happening. That was on a Tuesday night, on a Sunday afternoon. Nothing was reading the paper. I had already looked at the paper. She said, here's a job you can do in Greenville, South Carolina. She said, you all call I was looking at a set of plans on the kitchen bar the telephone was right there. I said, what's the number? I was going to call her Miss Piper. <coughs> she gave it to me. I, I called it. Much to my amazement, somebody said, hello. I said, have I got the janitor? <laughs> no. Well, have I got security? No. Well, I don't know who I need to speak to, but I'm want to respond to an ad that appeared in the Baton Rouge Morning Advocate Engineer. He said, you need to speak to me. I'm Tom Cox, Director of Engineering. I said, oh, man, so much for first impressions. <laughs> that started a chain of events. It started a chain of events. And we moved to South Carolina. It took us 12 years we paid $350,000 off with interest. We sold everything that was near precious things. But God was faithful. I don't want to ever forget those days. Never forget those days. God did what he said he'd do. I never thought I would retire. I never thought I'd have anything. He gave up and out good jobs. We worked. We stayed with it. We gave it. We we got it. Nobody talked to the Philippians, I mean to Paul, except the Philippians in the matter of giving and receiving. <coughs> Enjoy the day, and we'll give you a good day. Father, we thank you for all you are, and we thank you for loving us in spite of us. We thank you that you have supplied us. Father, let us realize once again that you, you are keeping the books. It's not up to us. And Father, we thank you for all our many, many blessings. 
thank you for this place, the generosity there, meeting needs every day. I thank you for that. Bless us as we go from this place. We'll be careful. We need you to pray. In 